0: Welcome everyone and happy Friday. Welcome to Breaking into Cybersecurity. If this is your first time joining us, a little bit of background about us. Uh, This is Breaking into Cybersecurity where we talk to individuals who have broken into the cybersecurity field within the past five years. They come from a diverse set of backgrounds. So we want to highlight that so that those interested in cybersecurity can also um, find out from them what they could do to get into the industry. Uh, Today we have another amazing guest, uh, Kenny Storms with another interesting background um, coming from theater. Uh, So definitely something I wanted to to have a conversation about like what does theater and security engineering have to do with each other. Uh, So we're gonna bring that out in today's topic. We're streaming live to LinkedIn as well as on YouTube, so if you're on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification button so you'll see when we next come live. If you're listening to us after the fact, you can also find us on your favorite podcast platform. And on to our guest today, Kenny. Um, You want to give a little bit of introduction to yourself and um, what got you into cybersecurity?
1: Yeah, so yeah, I'm Kenny Storms, uh, and I definitely had a weird spaghetti path to get here. Um I'm sure a lot of you out there, like, with theater, the cybersecurity does not seem like a clear straight line, uh, and it 100% is not. Um, But yeah, like, I, you know, when I was young, very much into theater, I was doing, like, had an agent, I was doing commercials, going down that path, and then when I got into college, I found directing, and got really into directing when I was there, and then after that, after I graduated, was directing and then producing um, where I could, and then starting to do, do devised work, uh, and now I actually do sound design still. So I haven't actually left the theater. I continue <laughs> to try and get out of it, but it's a uh, uh, theater is a like it's a virus you catch and you can't ever get rid of it, no matter what you try. Um, so yeah, so I've never actually left it. <clears throat> um, and then I, but also during this time, you know, like when I was a teenager. Was a huge like 2600 fan, uh, pretty avid reader of that, which is a hacker quarterly magazine, um, and was very much into freaking and phone hacking and like building tone dialers on payphones and getting phone calls. Like, I was just, like a kind of tinker um, and was really into like the early 90s bulletin board systems, um, mm-hmm. like finding just text and ASCII designs on how to build boxes. And it was just, so I had that interest also. Um, and th- and I think that's the thing is I just had a diverse uh, amount of interest in my life in general. Uh, and then I was working a job that I've been at for about five years and was just struggling. Um, it was a job like where it turned into a thing where I was doing everything. So I was uh, it was a communications company, which was coaching people on how to uh, communicate more effectively. Um, and I just got, I got fairly burnt out because I was doing, I said yes to everything. Um, and so I was doing their sales. I was their client relationship officer. I was doing it. Um, I was, uh, taking care of contract. I did everything because it was a small company. Uh, and so I got a little burnt out and just wanted to change. And, um, and also I should, and also I taught for 10 years too. That was the other thing. That's probably a big chunk uh, of the picture. Um, and taught theater to three-year-olds up to 103, um, taught at the Denver Center for the Performing Arts for a while, uh, doing improv, devised work, creating musicals, um, uh, things along those lines. And then I taught for a charter school for a few years after that, um, which that was another, that was maybe one of the hardest jobs I've ever had in my life. Um, and, you know, I wish teachers could get paid some, uh, some more than they do, um, but anyway, so I had this whole journey, and I was looking up things to do for a generalist, because I do have this pretty wide, I just get interested in everything. And I came across this term called a multipotentialite, which essentially is someone who, you know, pretty much will never settle on one career, uh, mm-hmm. usually might have multiple careers in their life. Uh, they're usually skilled kind of in the arts realm, maybe sciences, maybe uh, philosophy, history, like all of it. And so I kind of like I've always been a little ashamed of being a generalist because I know so many people who are specialists who they know their stuff and like gets pretty, can be pretty intimidating. And so I read this article and it was the first time ever I maybe started to kind of embrace like what that is, that maybe this is not, you know, maybe I will be okay at a lot of different things and that's okay. Uh, and what came about that was someone was recommending uh, cybersecurity is actually a great avenue to go to if you're a multi potentialite because there are so many things to do um, and there's you have to be good at communicating with people you have to be good uh, at you know logically thinking through problems uh, researching Um, you're probably going to have you know if it's a smaller company you're going to have to be an expert at everything security which is Mm kind of not possible Um, but yeah so multi-potential i kind of led down this path and then i came across secure set which is a cybersecurity boot camp here in denver uh, and then started just doing research about it and was looking at their red team kind of engineering program and uh just got hooked and so I did everything I could like looking for loans seeing you know if I could get support from my parents see what money I could come up with to get this thing paid for because it just seemed at that time I was like oh this is something that I'm coming back to my you know my teenage years and coming back into something and uh so I ended up applying and getting into, into this boot camp, and then uh, and it was a fire hose of information. Um, and okay. from there, then it was like three days after I finished the program, I got hired at Arcs Review, which is the company I work at now, um, okay. where I was the security engineer.
0: Where I'm the security engineer. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get into some of the comments, and then we'll we'll dive into your history um, and your transition just a little bit more. Um, we have met the all-famous Mr. Paul Cummings. Uh, he runs a, a group that focus on bringing veterans into IT and cyber. He says, oh man, love the soft skills that could be used in the cybersecurity environment. Then from LinkedIn, we have Jeff Barron saying red boxes, I miss those, um, back to your, your teenage days. Um, then we have Tyrone Gibbon, theater to cyber. Wow, awesome. Uh so yeah, let's 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 talk about that. Um so you had your phone freaking days back in back in the day, um and that kind of got you hooked back as you started to think of your your multi-dimensional approach to your career. Um talk about like Secure Set and before you before you got there, like what about cybersecurity were you're interested in, or was it that stumbling upon this uh, boot camp got you interested in it
1: um so there I, I think there was nothing specific i mean there's always the for lack of a better word the sexiness of red teaming and being a hacker and doing you know there's there's always that um and so i think like there's you know it's a it's a cool skill to learn i mean like if you know how to lockpick and play around with computers in new ways like it's, it's a great skill uh, and can be a lot of fun and so i think that was kind of the initial thought that I had um, uh, was I just wanted to learn how to do that. And I also I wanted to learn how to code also. And I wanted to learn more about systems. And I like I I have a hard time settling. Like I keep wanting to go backwards to understand things more and more and more. Um, And so it seemed like a good opportunity, a good space just to go down the security engineering side. And there was like there there were two different programs at this boot camp. There was the uh, kind of the threat hunting security analyst. And then there was more of a security engineering red teaming side. And the red team did just did appeal to me more. And I thought I was gonna be a lot more technical um, from everything I was looking at. But also, I, you know, security analyst is one of the best pathways into this industry as well. So, um, uh,
0: yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. Uh, well, I mean, you kind of did. So you, you had that interest, uh, just that general interest, and then you started to go in. Um, I, I think that's one of the, the questions that we get often Uh There's that sexiness of being a red teamer. Um, talk about like what you learned was the difference between, um, the red teaming approach that you thought was going to be more technical, maybe how your phone freaking background played into that. And, um, let let the audience know as opposed to the other um, track that there was why you chose red teaming.
1: Well, I mean, I I think that, I think on the the red teaming side, I think one of the things I realized when I was in the program is that as much as I wanted to do that, I was not going to learn this in six months, you know, uh, because there, it really is, uh, you know, something that you have to commit to and continue to learn after you get out of this program. And so I knew once I was in the program that that was not going to be, the first job i was going to have out of the gate and that just came mm-hmm. down to experience ultimately um uh and you know i i think the the thing that helped me the most in that program though maybe with the background with the phone freaking and like i think it was part of it i think it was always just been an interest in figuring out how things work and that's what helped me the most um just like to get through that program ultimately um and as far as, you know, and like, and he did ask too, I mean, like, what I really wanted to focus on, and this comes back down to that same thing of kind of this like this multi-potential mentality is I never, I didn't have uh, a focus in mind. People would ask me to be like, so what do you want to do? What's your first job that you want to get out of the gate? And I was like, like, first I was like, you know, anything I could get, really. Um, I mean, that's, it kind of came down to that. But also I was just like, I just want to learn more. I just want to get a job and an opportunity to learn more. And it didn't matter what it was, um, like if it was analyst, if it was red team, if it was doing engineering, if it was going to be working in the SOC, uh, you know, doing network security or even like schlepping a wire and wire. I was fine with that. Um, just something to get in to learn more. Uh, and so I think that that mentality still kind of keeps at least kept options open for me. But, uh, yeah, always hard for me to focus.
0: Uh, it's my <laughs> my my
1: curse <laughs> and yeah, blessing yeah. at the same time.
0: Yeah, I, I have the same thing. Um, Paul asks, I'd love to hear your understanding um, from the whole theater background. How did that potentially help you land your first role? So let's talk about your transition and how uh, that theater background helped you.
1: Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting because I actually had, I, like I, so I struggled at first to get a job. And what ended up getting me the job was because I had a theater background in the end. But I, you know, it was tough when I first started. I mean, I was I put out at least I don't know I want to say like fifty, fifty resumes out to companies, and I had I got one interview out of all of that. So it was not mm-hmm. like it was it turned it ended up being a lot harder than I was pla- planning on it being. And I knew it was going to be work definitely. Um, but I started getting pretty worried. I was like, oh, you know, I have this theater background. Like this is like people aren't going to take me seriously. And it's, you know, I just did a boot camp. It's not like I have this expensive CS background or anything. Uh, But then I get an email from uh, the CTO at the time of this company called RX review that said, Hey, uh, you have a theater background and you're doing cybersecurity. I really want to talk to you because that's (laughs) weird. Uh, (laughs) I was like, great. Uh, So I went and I, you know, I went to this interview. um, And uh, one of the things they said is, you know, Part of the reason we wanted to bring you in is because if you were doing theater and now you're doing cybersecurity, it must mean you really care about security, um, because why would you make that choice? And like, and ultimately that's what got me the job. And I'd say it also the soft skills. I mean, I was good. I, like, I did pretty well at that interview to sell myself. And I was also, if there's other things that theater taught me, it's to be transparent and just open. Um, and so, you know, even throughout that interview, I can't remember what the question was, uh, I think they said like i think the question was like what are all the steps you would take if a breach happened and i was like well you know one i follow the policies two i would call the people that i know who've been through it because i have no idea and i said like that is a that is a big question and they appreciated that i had that honesty and also that i was admitting that like admitting that i would research and get the right people in the room Um, and so i think that openness and transparency helped as well but the I think how I communicated and showed up, uh, helped him get in the door on that one as well.
0: Uh, Paul asks, do you think that the amount of OSINT involved or open source intelligence involved in theater play um, helped in researching your career path?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, like that is, I think that's one of the things that was, that's great about theater and why I love teaching it is because you like, you have to use open source intelligence on everything. You know, you have to like learn like psychology, history, technical design, design uh, um, and, you know, and do a lot of like, dramaturgical research sometimes to really like, if you're actually going to do a decent show. So I think that directing side of me helped me probably the most when it came to how I do research. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. One of the other comments from um, Jeremy's, uh, Swinerson on LinkedIn is that theater background is great for creative solutioning. So, um, let's, let's talk about your job hunt, right? Uh, you mentioned you sent out 50, um, resumes, like, was that over the course of a week, two weeks? Like how long was this process? Um, like how did you approach Uh, those roles and applying for it? Like, what was the methodology you used? Yeah.
1: So I, so I, that was actually over probably a, two months time span um and uh you know i think i was i think one i was still trying to narrow in on companies that i believe were doing something I, I think one of the doing something good for the world um and so that sometimes that kind of narrowed my search because i wasn't looking for position i was looking for Yes, companies that I thought they were doing something good for the world. And so that was kind of where I started. Um, And then, you know, started sending out resumes. And I spent a lot of time on the cover letters, um, trying to make like the perfect cover letter. And I don't know if that ended up shooting me in the foot or not. Uh, It's hard because I wasn't able to actually talk to people. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, uh, But I was also, I was doing that, but I was also going out to ISSA meetings. I was going to OWASP meetings. I was going to any type of security meetup. Just to meet people and network, and I'm still know some of those people today, and they've still actually been really great resources. Um, so throughout that whole journey, I was just trying, like, just trying to learn as much as possible um, about kind of the right way to do it, and be uh, open about my background, what I needed, you know, who to apply for, and that did like lead me places. Um, but initially, I just didn't get any of those interviews. Um, uh, and I think that's, you know, and I think that's, I, I think that's one of the things to bring up is. You know, I think it can be a challenge. I don't think it's going to be necessarily something that people want to get in that's going to be overnight. I mean, it can be a journey, I think realistically, where it could be, you know, nine to 11 months maybe before you land that first job. But what I can guarantee is everybody that I know who's stuck with it for that long period of time has got a job, you know, and and it can just be, and, it can, and I started getting pretty discouraged where I was like, oh, I made a terrible mistake. You know, I put this money in, what have I done with my life? Uh, like, this is... <laughs> Did I, did I make the wrong decision? And then, you know, for whatever reason, I got lucky and it just and it happened. And I've known, you know, I met this woman who was a Lyft driver who was wanting to go into a developing program. And I was like, no, you should go into cybersecurity. Uh, I said, there's going to be a lot more work out there and we need more women in cybersecurity and we need more people in general in cybersecurity. And so she actually checked out the same school I went to, um, uh, went there and then got a job. I think it went about like eight eight to 11 months after she graduated and is really happy with her job now. And again, she just kind of, she's just stuck with it. And I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing I can say that I will, would have still been committed to is I wouldn't have stopped until I found a job. And you have to and like, and, and work through
0: that discouragement. <laughs> Uh, One of the questions from Joe on YouTube is, how have you effectively conveyed your unconventional soft skills as part of the interview or continuing part of selling your value?
1: Uh, I think uh, a lot of it comes up in my trainings, actually. I'd say where it's been the most helpful because I've tried to make my security trainings as unique as possible and get people as active as possible. So I've been able to bring, like, improv, uh, like, weird team-building exercises into it. and make it pretty participatory as much as I could. Um, and so I think my teaching background, plus the theater, uh, plus, you know, my background in improv and all the weird games that are out <laughs> there uh, helped, you know, helped me to design those things. Because, you know, I mean, truthfully, a lot of the improv games that are out there, you can use those for anything to build context and to get people to understand something in a different way. Uh, and so that's that is probably like that unconventional part, like helped that team training a lot. And I'd say additionally, um, you know, with theater, no matter what you get the show done and you like, you have to, it doesn't matter like what, what time it is, like you have a deadline and you're usually under budget. Uh, (laughs) You you don't have enough time. Like uh, you're, you know, you're putting things together with duct tape sometimes and just hoping that, you know, hoping that it works. And I think, a lot of that knowledge still transfers into security because i imagine there's a lot of people out there that work in security where you're probably under budgeted probably don't have enough resources probably don't have enough time and you still have to get it done uh and so i've been like through theater just getting used to that like it helped me to to help to like breathe through it and pra- like and i'm just used to being in that type of an environment uh yeah and so i think that's that's helped me where it hasn't been like it's the world's against me. It's been like, well, this is just the way it is, you know, like
0: continuing to try and find a way to make it better, but it's the way it is. You mentioned you had to learn. How, one of the questions from Tyrone is, so you, you mentioned you had to learn how to focus. Can you elaborate how you did this regarding improving your technical skills?
1: Um, uh, that's a good question. I mean, so like, so, I mean, when I got to this job at Arch review, I I can, let me give a little bit of context and journey of what happened there. Mm -hmm. So, um, so this company, so we actually are, we deal with PHI, uh, our protected health information. And so my first job out of the gate is a regulated company, um, which is terrifying. Uh, And so I was hired on as a security analyst. Um, So I was going to come in and I was going to be doing log reviews, like working on policy. Um, They just got their high trust certification, which is, Uh, You know, it's it's a common security framework that takes like HIPAA and NIST and uh, other common security frameworks and you put that together. Anyway, there were some major changes in the company and uh, uh, somebody was like somebody was let go and one of our DevOps, like our lead DevOps engineer left uh, with like a 30 minute notice. Um, because it was upset, and like you know, early you know early startup, we were just transitioning, like just getting kind of our feet like feet under. But uh, so all of a sudden, I went from security analyst to head of security in five months. Um, and at that point, was now managing like the whole high trust program. Uh, I was managing our a- like we're on AWS, and so I was managing our AWS security, uh, AppSec, our network security, our workstation security, um, and like and, and you know, and I didn't I you know where I, we create applications. And so uh, didn't know how to deploy applications, didn't know, I, and I just had to learn it. So all of a sudden I was sh- like sh- kind of pushed into this position to learn as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And with that job, it was just like, I learned through the problems um, and I learned a ton through the problems. And so like, it was one of those things, you know, no mistakes, only gifts. Um, and, you know, even though it was t- like, even though it was tough, that's where I got my true education and, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll also realize my own limitations that I can't know at all. Um, uh, but like, yeah, but the, the thing that focused me and got me better technically is the, like, is having to solve problems as they came up and I'm still continuing to do that and continuing to learn. Like it's, you know, if you go in this industry, it's a lifelong journey to learn and get better. Um, and so you have to enjoy, like, you have to enjoy learning in itself and be able to like work through that. Um. Yeah, did that answer? I don't know if that answered your yeah. question. I sometimes yeah, it, yeah. off on tangents.
0: So <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, one of the other questions from um, Paul is like, how does how do you go ahead and do your career planning two, five, seven years? Um, what's your approach to that? Uh,
1: that is a good question. Um, Maybe I, I might be giving answers that are not helpful for people because I am somebody who maybe lives a little bit more in the moment and goes step to step. Um, I, like, I mean, for me, what I can say is that I, uh, since I've had this job, I've really got into the medical side of cybersecurity and just really mm-hmm. intrigued by it. And I do believe there's just a lot of security holes that are out there that need to be fixed. Um, and we can just, we can all do it better. And it's a team sport, like healthcare system, like anybody who's in the medical field, we can all do it better together. And so I think that's like where I'm trying to see where my focus is going to be. Um, and my initial plan, I mean, ultimately, like, I do want to go back to teaching and training and maybe consulting one day, but I will not do that until I've been in the trenches for a while. Uh, you know, when I was teaching theater, I was like, no matter what, first you all got to mop the stage and never stop mopping the stage. Um And you gotta like, you you gotta be in it to understand it and to know it. Um, And, you know, I really just, I'm hoping to be able to work for, you know, a a couple other companies within kind of within this realm. Again, what I'm doing, I don't, I don't think I have a focus yet. I think I'll just keep bouncing around to see what I like and what I don't like. Um, But I definitely will probably stick in the medical and ultimately to go train and teach one day. Like i I'd love to go back and start teaching high school and teach cybersecurity in the
0: high schools again, uh, but you got to sure. save
1: up to <laughs> go do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm an adjunct professor and it's definitely a labor of love. Um, so you, you mentioned that you, you see some particular holes within medical cybersecurity, like what, what are some of those holes and how do you think um, the the next generation can help fill that?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I think partly it's, you know, some of these systems are just, they're huge, you know, and like under-resourced to be able to like sometimes fix, like fix their systems or secure their systems or even know what they have sometimes. Um, So I think it's sometimes just under-resourced and sometimes understaffed. And I think it's like, honestly, I don't think it's, uh, it's anybody's fault. So I want to be clear about that, that I don't, you know, I know there are plenty of like great security people that are working in healthcare that are still just struggling and sometimes it can come down to bureaucracy. Sometimes it can come down to um, old systems. Sometimes where things take so long, where you can't move to the cloud. But I, I think, I think the holes are is you know more people going into that side and being innovative and starting to look at new security tools. Like start understanding how machine learning works in the security world. You know how we can start automating some more of these security processes. Um, uh, really start creating a philosophy. I work in a DevOps shop. And so, you know, I've always been trying to figure out how to, where security is not a gate, uh, but more ones where we create guardrails. um, So you can be as creative and as innovative as you want, but you can only go so far. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in some more traditional health systems, I think that innovation, that way of thinking and just, you know, we got to move. We also got to move fast. (laughs) You know, that's the reality of it because um, the cyber criminals that are out there are, they're moving faster uh, and they have the time to like, to be more innovative sometimes than we have in these systems. But I mean, I think it comes down to more, like we just need more people in these
0: places. Um, so yeah, you, you and, mentioned going back to teach in high school, right? Um, what are some of the ways that we could potentially improve um, the high school and even before to make more uh students aware of cybersecurity as a potential opportunity and maybe not have some of the stigma that it had before right it's a good question
1: um i mean i think like it's hard i mean it like it's being able to get in and like and get funding for these programs uh you know it's it's a tough it's, it's a tough question uh because i do like just working in it it's been there's there's some systemic issues that sometimes happen in the education system, um, uh, but you know like like just needing to pilot programs and and like and do and just and doing requirements for cybersecurity classes like one even if were, at first we're doing like one-on-one classes of just how your computer functions you know and how you can use technology for good, um, and I think really maybe that's like that's maybe the clarity is. You know, if if we're doing these cybersecurity classes, that we have to emphasize these skills are for good. Like they really are. They have to be. Um, that's a tough one. I don't know if I have a good answer on how to solve that problem. You know, except I know on my end, at least my dream ending is I'd be going into these schools and trying to sell a program and like creating a program and going to sell it and be like, we should just try this, even if it's an after-school program or even if it's like extra um until something can be like brought into the system at that point um if something doesn't already exist i did again i did the same thing with theater too i mean i, I created multiple different theater programs and brought them into schools when i was trying to create my own work um and it works if you find the right people um nice. so I, I think it's tenacity and like sometimes like if you're out there and you're interested in that realm
0: you have to create it yourself and like help to bring it in ultimately yeah <clears throat> So we're approaching the end of the half hour, and um this is no where I would I would ask that that famous last question. Like, of everything you've shared from theater to teaching to cybersecurity, um, what one piece of advice would you give for someone either following directly in your footsteps or potentially following in your footsteps um, so that they could break into the industry themselves? Um Uh,
1: there's a lot of talk sometimes about that you need passion to get into this industry. And I feel like sometimes we uh, put too much stake in that. And I think to do this, you have to be passionate about learning. You know, you have to be have tenacity and be able to just keep like keep fighting through some of the discouragement, uh, And ju- and like and you should just keep going, like because it will work. Like if you have those skill sets, you know, it will work. And and I'd also say like you know your journey in this is to take care of yourself because it can be, uh, like it can also be very highly stressful. Um, and so like number one is to take care of yourself, and that, you know, you maybe if you're taking classes right now or getting an education, you feeling like an idiot is one hundred percent normal. Uh, and you might have to just get used to what that feeling is, uh, and don't let that slow you down. Um, like it's just part of it. You know, it's it's the imposter syndrome, um, but it's a tough field. It's there's a lot to know, uh, and so that feeling is natural. Talk about it. Talk to people. Be transparent about it. You know, ask questions. Um, and ask questions. Come at this from like a place of curiosity, uh, and be willing to ask questions, even if it even if you think they're dumb questions. Like, do it anyway. It doesn't matter. Um, that's where you're going to get to where you want to be. Um,
0: uh, yeah, that was kind of advice all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, that's fine. I mean, that. I'm sure someone will pick out one or two of those pieces of advice and kind of implement it in their life. And um, so for those following on LinkedIn, thank you for joining us. Those on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit that notification button. And for those following on your favorite podcast platform, share it with your friends and families. Thank you, Ken, Kenny, for joining us today. Really appreciate it. And uh, have a great rest of your day.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you.